See the world from a totally different perspective? Ready for provocative conversation, intriguing stories, and inspiration? Then don't touch that dial. Welcome to Talk with Francesca. She'll give you something to talk about all week long. Now, here's Francesca. What if you took the time to really soak it in? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm Francesca, your host. Before we get started, if you want to chime in or you comment on the show, the guest, the topic, you can send me an email at talkwithfrancesca.com. And if you want to learn more about Talk with Francesca, visit my website, talkwithfrancesca.com. And if you missed part of the show or you want to listen to hundreds of other episodes, uh, you can go right to my iTunes page and listen there. I've been covering a lot of different angles on the COVID-19 and we are going to continue tonight talking about how stress impacts us all. So we all know that the coronavirus outbreak has impacted almost every part of our lives. I mean, schools are closed, businesses are closed or operating virtually and less obviously essential. Many are unemployed and some are facing concerns about putting food on their own table. And on top of that, there's a concern of personally contracting the virus or having a loved one fall ill. So with all those stressors, our daily routines are altered and we're being asked to stay socially distant on top of everything else. And we know that when, when well, we know that the key to happiness really is close connections. And so this really, really wreaks havoc on all of us. And uh, so it can be a lot to handling, uh, handle leading to stress, anxiety, or depression. So how do we cope with all of this? With us tonight is Dr. Mary Wingo. She's trained as a PhD scientist and has done a ton of research on the impact of human stress. She's the author of The Impact of the Human Stress Response. Big welcome to you, Mary. Thanks for joining us tonight on Talk with Francesca. Thank you so much for having me. It is a true pleasure to be here, Francesca. Well, thank you, Mary. So, uh, you know, you were on my show um, years ago, and I remember it really um, made a big impact on the way I thought about the way I lived my life. And, um, you know, I mean, really, really meaningful and how stress can really injure us. But now with this novel virus, Mary. I mean, it's just, it's, it's so scary and people are just beside themselves, myself included, you know, it's just, you know, it just, I have uh, seasonal allergies and the allergies here in Boston are just crazy right now. And so yesterday I was really feeling a little congested and a little sore throat. And, but I mean, I knew in my heart it was allergies, but then I started like really freaking out, like taking my temperature. Am I okay? And I, yet I knew I was but it was that anxiety and you know I know I'm not alone and and it concerns me because you know there's this this pandemic but you know I wonder about a mental health pandemic you know with all of this what are your thoughts on that okay are you ready I am ready I am ready yes I'm going to lay some really controversial provocative things up and I'm not sure if initially um, a lot of your listeners will agree with me but hear me out hear me out Um, number one number one um, I've been 
you know, very uh, eagerly uh, studying this uh, this uh, topic of uh, COVID nineteen for um, you know since since it became an issue in China, you know, just trying to learn about it from a biological epidemiological standpoint. And the thing that has, is sort of kind of sticking in my craw is that it, you know, according to a number of, uh, of scientists, it's actually turning out to be a lot less fatal than originally thought. Okay, so, you know, there were projections like, say, you know, Niall Ferguson, Neil Ferguson and from Imperial College in, um, in, uh, in England made the original, uh, made the original uh, prognostication that, you know, there would be between 200,000 and 500,000 people die uh, from this. This is, I think, back in like February, early March. And, you know, he has greatly, uh, he has greatly revised those findings to, you know, maybe 10% of that. Okay. So, wow. and, and I understand we've got something, I understand there's something out there. Okay. And, and so let me just kind of, you know, I'm sure you've probably heard this before. Um, you know, we're somewhere around 38, 40,000 in the United States. We're just, we'll talk about the United States. And, you know, a, a typical flu season, you know, might run anywhere from 30,000 to maybe even 100,000 deaths. And, and most of those are immunocompromised folks. Mm-hmm. You know, most of those, you know, you, you have an elderly uh, lady, you know, who uh, maybe has diabetes uh, and, you know, maybe kidney failure on top of that. And, and that... And I'm not saying there's not outliers, okay? I'm not saying that, yeah, there is that exception, but I'm talking statistically. We're we're looking at um, a death profile of, you know, someone between 76 and 80.3 years of age, and that usually has two or more, um, you know, uh, other other pre-existing conditions. So what we're looking at is, in a way, I mean, I mean, if we really want to look at things honestly, I mean, and not with a filter of panic or, you know, the, the propaganda all over the world. It's, it's mm. here in Ecuador, too. Mm-hmm. It's been pushing day after day, minute after minute, you know, oh, my God, we're going to die. We're going to die. You know, well, it turns out so far it, it's less deadly than that of, you know, the typical flu. And a lot of people die from flu. I mean, this is something to, to bring up, you know, how many people die from infectious disease? I mean, like, you know, uh, uh, we're talking, you know, from from about, you know, 30 to 60, 70,000, maybe 100,000 a year, typical, you know, depending on, on the severity of the flu season. We're talking 22,000 die from uh, from from uh, resistant infections like uh, like uh, MR, like MRSA, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and resistant yeah. staff. Yeah, and then, you know, we have, you know, countless other, uh, you know, infectious, uh, you know, I mean, really bad stuff. And, and my point is, I mean, it is very grave. You know, there was no light on this before, but did we collapse the entire world economy? 
over these things. I mean, was it, I don't know. I mean, you know, we didn't with uh, Ebola, we didn't with Zika fever, we didn't with uh, with bird flu, we didn't with um, the, you know, recent swine flu. And, and, and I'm not saying we don't have risks. I'm not saying don't be careful. But let me tell you um, what I honestly believe, and this is all over the world, that that the powers that be have freaked the people out so bad, have traumatized them, have given them PTSD, yep. maybe even complex PTSD from this, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. And so I don't think we're ever gonna be the same again and here's another little thing no one ever talks about people are like you know that they you know people don't understand that you you must not continuously uh, uh sterilize things i mean you know like slather bleach and lysol you know continuously because what are you doing you're doing what they've done in the hospitals you're creating resistant bacteria you know you're res- you're creating more MRSA in your own home yeah, you because know, your own home is not supposed to be sterile. You know, it's supposed to be, it's not supposed to be contaminated, filthy. Right. But, you know, now we've developed neurosis with people. We've developed, you know, probably uh, we've developed an OCD and so many people obsessed with being clean, you know, thinking that they're going to die and not understanding what the real risk is so far. Now, I would not have said this maybe a month and a half ago. You know, I, because I was still looking at the data, I was still, but you know, time, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks passed, and uh, I think we're looking at really some other type of agenda here. And the big thing I think we have to look at is uh, widespread PTSD, CPTSD, mm-hmm. and you know, people really psychically damaged. Well, you know what? I agree with you. I I absolutely agree with you because as I had said at the beginning of the show that, you know, I started, you know, having some like um, tightness, like some congestion and a little sore throat. Well, you know what? I've always had seasonal allergies. This is the time. The tulips are coming out. I mean, this is what happens. And then it occurred to me this morning that, yeah, it is my allergies. But if if this weren't going on, I would just look at it and go, my allergies, oh, this sucks you know like oh here we go again but then I realized that there was also a piece of like tightness that I was feeling in my body because of fear right and then I was thinking she's I'm feeling sort of tired too and starting to create all this stuff I'm thinking this has got to this has got to end um you know it, it, but by the same token I mean I want to obviously respect what is going on but I actually um it, Based on what you're saying and some other um, healthcare experts that I've spoken to, I'm starting to to think that maybe this is this is strong. You know, this is this. But you know, when you hear about someone um, that you either work with or that is your neighbor that has it, I think our backs all go up. Whereas if someone we knew had the flu, we'd say, "Oh, it's too bad. That stinks." Right? So. So yeah, so that's that's a very very good point, and I think that it's it's uh, well I personally find it you know it's well taken because I really I'm hopeful that this is something is going to shift. But then that being said, Mary, uh, it, you know if people are looking at the data, and I actually had someone say to me about a week ago, just under a week ago, you know I'm a data person, 
And I'm looking at the data and uh, I don't know about this. So exactly. So, okay, then. So then in that case, if you know, why then are there all these additional I mean, it's not just shutting down the economy. I mean, it's shutting down our lives completely. Why is this all happening? Okay, um, I mean there are some there are some good theories with possibly some evidence backing them out there. Um, I, I, I'm also aficionado uh, of uh, e- economics. I, I love economics mm-hmm. because it's a systems approach, especially macroeconomics, and it's a it's a systems approach. and And understand um, that the world economy um, was already heading very quickly into the crapper. I mean, it was already in decline. Well, I mean, for a long time, but I mean, in like the last year or two, you know, the economy is really, really, you know, gotten kind of shaky all over the world. And and I believe, you know, and there's so much debt and nobody will really ever be able to tr- truly service their debt. I mean, not really. And and honestly, um, I think that we're looking at an entire economic reset. Um, I think what's going to, this is how I think it's going to play out. This is my hypothesis. Um, it's worth two, two cents, <laughs> nothing more. Okay. But, but, but so, okay, we may or may not start to open little by little, you know, and as various mom and pops and non mom and pops, you know, how about malls, um, you know, mall, big mall stores, uh, that have been closed, uh, all this time. Um, they're opening up and there's not going to be a huge line of people waiting because again, what have we done? We've, we've scared the people like rabbits and and they're hiding in their holes and, you know, they're thinking if they touch anything, they're going to get contaminated and, you know, they're going to die and their, you know, their own jobs are, are, you know, kind of shaky, uh, if, if not completely shut down. Mm -hmm. And so, and so what, as time passes and we're highly indebted and we're highly taxed, uh, people are not going to pay their loans anywhere uh people are already not paying their their uh their rent and, and commercial uh real estate rent is absolutely you know disastrous i mean i think i read 85 percent of all retailers have asked for concessions on rent uh to their um to their landlords and and you know no one's paying taxes you know, I mean, very few taxes, you know, anywhere, sales taxes, property taxes, you know, federal taxes. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine what kind of haircut. I, and so you can just see it, it's I, I mean, I don't know, but it is sure to me, from my perception, my observation, this looks this looks totally staged. You oh know? my goodness. Okay, it's, it's, Mary, we do need to take a short break. Okay, wait, we do need Mary, we do need to take a short break. Um I'm this is, you're listening to Talk of Francesca. I'm speaking with Dr. Mary Wingo and right before uh we take this break, Mary is saying that she thinks this is all staged. So when we come back, we're gonna find out exactly what she means. Stay right with us. I'm Francesca Luca and you're listening to Talk with Francesca on ninety five nine WATD. Your pets are family. 
Take your dog to the Dog's Den in Pembroke. Your furry friend will go from smelling crummy to yummy because Leah at the Dog's Den really cares. Whatever your pet's needs are, from dematting to extra scissoring, the Dog's Den in Pembroke has your furry friends covered. So call the Dog's Den today at 781-826-7008 or visit thedogsdengrooming.com. Looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? Then you might just want to venture out to Boston this weekend and dine at Terramia Restaurante, a true gem among all those rhinestones in Boston's North End. This cozy tutorial with stucco walls and beam ceilings specializes in creative interpretations of Italian classics. Like the cuisines here, the atmosphere is elegant yet understated. Since opening in 1993, Terramia Restaurante has aimed to convince diners that there's always more to Italian food than just red sauce. Over the years, the innovative and beloved restaurant has done a great deal of convincing, and best of all, it's reasonably priced. This best-kept secret is worth the trip. Call 617-523-3112 or visit terramiarestaurante.com. Tides is beachside dining at its best, all year round. Located at the end of the Nahant Causeway, directly on Nahant Beach, the ocean views from the dining room in the pub can't be beat. Tides specializes in casual dining with food that's delicious, not pretentious. On a warm day, enjoy a frosty pint at their bar or their sun-drenched deck on Nahant Beach. Or enjoy an incredible meal in their dining room anytime. Tides guarantees you great atmosphere with superior service. The menu at Tides is full of fresh, high-quality seafood, prime rib, chicken, pasta, and pizza that everyone will love. Check out the drink menu at Tides for fun cocktails, 30 ice-cold beers on tap, and their well-rounded wine list with state-of-the-art tap wines. Tides is unbeatable anytime, summer or winter, lunch or dinner, rain or shine. Visit tidesnahant.com. Cobblestone Cafe on Hanover Street in Boston brings casual, on-the-go American fare to the North End, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Open daily at 7 a.m., Cobblestone Cafe offers burgers, barbecue, salads, fries, milkshakes, seafoods, and the very popular Snickerdoodle iced coffee. Delivery and catering are also available. Cobblestone Cafe, 227 Hanover Street in Boston. For more information, call 857-263-8057 or visit them online at cobblestonecafene.com. I'm Francesca Luca, and you're listening to Talk with Francesca on 95.9 WATD. All right, we are back, and you're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with Dr. Mary Wingo, and we are discussing COVID-19 and um, the stress that it is really putting on people. Mary is an expert. She's uh, a scientist who has studied the human stress response. So, Mary, before the break, you said that you think this is all staged. Tell us more. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. My BS detector started going off on this because all of a sudden it seemed to turn. You uh, when when we didn't when we didn't start having the deaths that were all um, that were all you know that were all predicted. Mm-hmm. Haven't you noticed how police state everything has gotten? 
you know, and and week after week after week after week after week, this passes. And I, I just finally, where I'm at, after three months, I finally, not through myself, but through an associate of mine, here locally, I've heard of someone who has died. Now, I'm not saying nobody is dying. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying nobody has suffered. But I just, the response just does not seem equal to to this pandemic uh-huh. you know it does not you know and and the and there's no way i do not see mathematically how we're going to get ourselves out of this um the government has very conveniently printed up uh, I, i'm guessing going on the the rescue packages are about to pass in the next you know day or so you know like another what four or five trillion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean just i mean more than we have in history mm-hmm. i mean understand we were four trillion in debt uh the entire history of the united states up until i believe ronald reagan so from the history of the united states up until what 1984 1988 mm-hmm. we've taken that out in a matter of weeks yeah but mary what, you, you will never yeah I know, but why? We, we why? will never be able to service this. Why? Because, because we had already had mountains of debt before that we that we're never going to be able to service. You've got generations of, of young people, Generation X, Generation Y, that can't start their own families. They don't have financial security. You know, you've got the baby boomers who've had their uh, all over the world, not the United, just the United States, that have had their Retirement's completely wiped out oh, time and time again. And people are loaded with crap tons of debt. And it was gradually becoming more and more and more and more unserviceable. And I can't think of any other reason. There is no other reason to have taken it this far the first time in history. With really, again, and I'm not downplaying the seriousness of it, but... but there are many other things that kill tons and tons and tons of people, and we have not addressed the public uh, health, you know, uh, response for. I mean, like chronic stress, like like, like the stress uh, of you know working, you know, extremely stressful work, mm-hmm. or or the stress of thinking you're going to be homeless. I mean, how many people uh, think that they are going to be uh, homeless? You know, have thought it thought in like the last decade. I mean, there's always that fear in the back of your head that you're fixing to lose it all. I mean, people are just a few months, and now we've kind of hit a wall with that, and nobody knows what to do, and things are going into arrears. No one's paying anything, and it's becoming one accounting disaster mm-hmm. mess. And I, I just don't see it. Just I. Things could always have occurred randomly, you know, people just acting of their own self-interest, especially uh, the, the leaders, uh, the power brokers. Mm-hmm. But it just really seems like the response is not level mm-hmm. to, it's not equivalent to the risk out there. And so, yeah, I think I think we're in for a very hard landing. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe they might be ushering in a universal basic income on this. I mean, this might be there have been 
theories out there that this is a complete economic reset and that, you know, possibly there could be uh, electronic currency and uh, universal basic income coming from this as the economy uh, starts automating more and, you know, robots, artificial intelligence, which are knocking people out of jobs at phenomenal rates. Uh, even floor cleaners, uh, you know, for mm-hmm. Walmart and stalkers. Right. Well, that's beginning to be done with. Uh, so, I mean, this is all occurring at the same time. And so, again, we'll see how this all plays out. But uh, I think um, I think that your listeners really should plan for a very hard landing, P- possibly um, very. I mean, we already have supply chain disruptions, but possibly you know, other types like food, you know, certain types of food, like we're hearing of, uh, of farmers, uh, you know, not being, you know, be, having to, to, to plow under, you know, their crops because they can't sell. So, I mean, this is not good. And I, I think that the, that the reverberation from this, um, is we're, we're living in a historical moment and I don't exactly, I don't exactly know what to see it, you know, what is fully going to unfold at this point. When it's kind do, of obscure. You, do you think it's going to end? I mean, do you think, of course, it's going to end at some point, but I mean, do you, I mean, it just seems like it's going on. We're going to open things up in May and then it's the middle of May and now it could be the end of May. And what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, and again, this is controversial, but um, I think, remember, I always remember one thing and, and it's a little bit funny, but I believe it's absolutely true. Fat cats want to eat always want to eat and so the power brokers you know running running our economies running the politics you know they have the politicians under their thumbs um they're not going to give up willingly uh only if you have civil disobedience on a mass level you know people are hungry and you know they haven't paid their mortgage in four months and or they haven't paid their rent and they're facing eviction through really no fault of their own i mean we can't we can't you know this this rugged individualism that we've espoused in our culture this rugged individualism uh pulling yourself up by your bootstraps well you can't do it in a completely broken system you know where, where everything's shut down so i mean you're you're looking at humanitarian crisis and uh, in my opinion, uh, compared to where I'm at in South America, um, they've got more experience with civil effective disobedience campaigns. But maybe, you know, we're, we're smart and, you know, we're, we're smart in America. Maybe we can figure out a really good civil disobedience campaign that basically says, no, you know, I want my life back. You know, we'll be careful. And, you know, maybe, you know, we'll isolate, like, say, the, you know, certain vulnerable individuals certainly certainly throw all the resources at them but my god don't completely shut down society 95 percent we we're too we're too as uh nasim taylor the author of the black swan would say we're too fragile We, we don't have redundancy and yeah go ahead no i would just want you to repeat the name of that book i didn't hear it um uh yes uh nasim taleb 
Got it. And it's called The Black Swan. It's a very, very important book. It's mm-hmm. a very, it's been out probably like oh, 14, yeah. 15 years. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's, a, it's a fantastic, fantastic, because we're very, very, we're very, very weak. We have a lot of debt in the system. We have a lot of um, a very uh, unhealthy um, citizens, very un- multiple medications, stressed out. You know, mm-hmm. very insecure, right. cut right. off from friends, cut off from their family, and then this happens. Right. And so, what we're looking at is probably death rates shooting up from various causes, from various causes other than COVID nineteen. Right, and which is exactly where I want to head now with this interview. In that, um, I think that it's time to really focus on what stress really is and in these uncertain times folks are becoming sick from the stress which is you know obviously deadly so let's start with your definition of stress mary my my okay my definition of stress is this and and it sort of it's sort of a hangover from Hans Selye who originally coined the term stress um in i believe in the 1930s um and and he is the father of modern medicine but this is kind of sort of an offshoot of his original ideas stress is the it's it's the rate of adjustment um a, a cell an organism or a system of organisms go through in order to adjust to the environment. Now, this environment could be internal; it could be external. Mm-hmm. But but what, what we're adjusting, you know, we're having to situate and adapt ourselves. So it's it's the rate of adapt of how you adapt. It's it's the velocity for which a living organism adapts needs to adapt in order to maintain uh, e- equilibrium, or I should say homeostasis in an environment okay so we're we're this is too much this is too much um we have we we have a nature given right you know to live you know and to be able to have families to be able to work and to provide for ourselves without having to go through this much agony to do this Mm-hmm. And so this is not this is not tenable. This is not feasible. If we do not have some sort of organized civil resistance, then this this is we are we already um, are very low birth rate. You know, the, especially you know Generation Z, mm-hmm. uh, Generation X, and Millennials, very 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 below, far below replacement sub-replacement rate. So, you know, we're already looking at, you know, people giving up on families, not having kids. And and this does not bode well. And this, it's just going to go further. It's just people, people are going to lose hope. You know, they're going to become homeless. They're going to commit suicide. They're going to drink themselves to death. You know, um, because, you know, we've had um, so many of these elective surgeries which really aren't elective a lot of them like certain types of heart procedures cancer surgery a lot of these things have been put off so I mean, people not even getting basic care for their pre-existing con- conditions you know and then like uh, certain types of insulin going up to like 700 dollars a vial Jeez. 
and then 2.3 million people losing their health insurance over the past few weeks. I mean, you don't think that this is not a national health crisis in and of itself, Mm -hmm. apart from the COVID-19? Right, right. All right. So let's talk about what happens to your body when it is under stress. But we're first going to take another short break and then we're going to learn more. Listeners, stay with us here. Don't touch that dial. More talk with Francesca coming right up on 95.9 WATD. Your pets are family. Take your dog to the Dog's Den in Pembroke. Your furry friend will go from smelling crummy to yummy because Leah at the Dog's Den really cares. Whatever your pet's needs are, from dematting to extra scissoring, the Dog's Den in Pembroke has your furry friends covered. So call the Dog's Den today at 781-826-7008 or visit thedogsdengrooming.com. Tides is beachside dining at its best, all year round. Located at the end of the Nahant Causeway, directly on Nahant Beach, the ocean views from the dining room in the pub can't be beat. Tides specializes in casual dining with food that's delicious, not pretentious. On a warm day, enjoy a frosty pint at their bar or their sun-drenched deck on Nahant Beach. Or enjoy an incredible meal in their dining room anytime. Tides guarantees you great atmosphere with superior service. The menu at Tides is full of fresh, high-quality seafood, prime rib, chicken, pasta, and pizza that everyone will love. Check out the drink menu at Tides for fun cocktails, 30 ice-cold beers on tap, and their well-rounded wine list with state-of-the-art tap wines. Tides is unbeatable anytime, summer or winter, lunch or dinner, rain or shine. Visit tidesnahant.com. Cobblestone Cafe on Hanover Street in Boston brings casual, on-the-go American fare to the North End, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Open daily at 7 a.m., Cobblestone Cafe offers burgers, barbecue, salads, fries, milkshakes, seafoods, and the very popular Snickerdoodle iced coffee. Delivery and catering are also available. Cobblestone Cafe, 227 Hanover Street in Boston. For more information, call 857-263-8057 or visit them online at cobblestonecafene.com. It's vital for dogs of all ages to have an understanding of socially acceptable behavior. And the folks at A Fox and Hound Harborside understand just that. The dedicated staff is well-trained in a variety of services to enrich your pooch's well-being. A Fox and Hound Harborside offers puppy socialization and enrichment programs to help your new furry friend learn commands and leash behavior. Located on Lincoln Street in Hingham, call 781-385-7369 today. A Fox and Hound Harborside, where dogs go to find their direction. Tides is beachside dining at its best, all year round. Located at the end of the Nahant Causeway, directly on Nahant Beach, the ocean views from the dining room in the pub can't be beat. Tides specializes in casual dining with food that's delicious, not pretentious. On a warm day, enjoy a frosty pint at their bar or their sun-drenched deck on Nahant Beach. Or enjoy an incredible meal in their dining room anytime. Tides guarantees you great atmosphere with superior service. The menu at Tides is full of fresh, high-quality seafood, prime rib, chicken, pasta, and pizza that everyone will love. Check out the drink menu at Tides for fun cocktails, 30 ice-cold beers on tap, and their well-rounded wine list with state-of-the-art tap wines. Tides is unbeatable anytime, summer or winter, 
lunch or dinner, rain or shine, visit tidesnahant.com. This is life. You're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca Luca. The talk continues on 95.9 WATD. Okay, we are back, and I am talking to Mary Wingo. I am Francesca, your host, and we are discussing the stress that COVID-19 is really putting on people, of course, not to mention the economy and and countless other things. But Mary, so what actually happens to your body when it, it gets stressed? Well, okay, understand understand that, you know, stress is just the rate of needing to adapt to your environment. Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. so it's these are important mechanisms. They give us flexibility to to live and explore and evolve in this world, in this world that we have. So so those stress the, the the problem is when just like anything else, just like a muscle, if you abuse it, if you abuse these mechanisms, that is when the whole host, I mean, we're, we're talking from mental illness to autoimmune illness to cardiac disease, uh, yada, 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 you, you know, you, you name it. All the stress-related illnesses come forth. So it comes forth when the stress, there's a, ver- a myriad of stress mechanisms that we have, starting from the cellular level. Yeah, and then working its way up to the systems level. Um, of course, you know, there's effects on your immune system. You can't mount a, an effective B and T cell response. You know, you, you there's effects. Uh, I mean, depending on what the person's genetic um, predisposition is, that weakness is going to pop right up during times of stress. Now, let me focus on the actual um, cognitive, emotional part of this. Now, now, why is it that people um, lose their head and oftentimes act crazy during stress? Well, it's because our frontal lobe, which is the part of our brain, mo- uh, mo- I'm, I'm sorry, I'm wanting to speak Spanish. <laughs> more, more, most, yeah, it just kind of pops out. Most, uh, most, uh, the the most advanced part of our uh, of our brain development. So it's the newest, it, it, and it's glitchy. Okay, so so unlike the the you know the rat and reptilian parts of our brain, which have just been there and they're highly conserved. Uh, when you're starting to get into the frontal lobe of the cerebral cortex, it gets, it gets, there's a lot of marvelous things can happen, but it gets kind of, kind of wonky, uh, especially under stress. Why? Because uh, it has uh, what is called corticosteroid receptors. Okay. And that's the, the cortisol that, that is response for cortisol. And um, basically, I'm sure uh, most of your audience has heard about, you know, mm-hmm. adrenaline and cortisol as stress right. hormones. Right. Well, and, and for short periods of time, it occupies those to, to sharpen your thinking, to make you more alert. You know, so you can respond to the environment in an appropriate way. But when it goes on and on and on and on and on, okay, it starts actually causing brain dysfunction and certain types of brain damage, which, of course, the brain damage extends to your memory centers called the hippocampus. And you can't, you can't, all of a sudden, your ability to have an integrated 
uh, conscious experience because becomes interrupted because that is when the trauma that is the actual damage from somebody who is traumatized and so it, and luckily for the most part okay if you can return to a low stress straight state you can reverse that that circuit dysfunctioning and damage that is one of the few parts of your nervous system that can actually uh, regenerate and grow uh, itself back now i'm not saying 100 percent, but that is what we have to look at now what happens when our frontal lobe goes wonky okay well basically every mental illness uh under you know the the face of the planet pops up depending on your own vulnerabilities okay so if uh if you you know have propensity you know to uh to hallucinate you know maybe uh you've got a family history of schizophrenia well uh during stressful times you're gonna have a relapse you know a psychotic relapse um if you have a um, predisposition for depression okay well then yeah you're gonna get really depressed if you've got predisposition predisposition for anxiety and nervousness well that is really gonna spike that's for a lot of people this is a big problem and on and on and on you know uh it, it, you know, any it, it what happens ultimately in all of these you know ocd i mean especially your know, hand washing you know there, there's a limit where you can do these things safely really so so basically i know we really know, are washing our hands to death aren't we though it's like you know it's, I, it's cons- yeah, yeah we're we're gonna we're gonna break down the natural barriers of our skin and on top of that breed uh, uh resistant super infections from that. Yeah, but doctors so, always do that. So, when you go to the doctor's office, the first thing they do, they come into the room, they wash their hands, and you know they're with they. Yeah, yeah, and, and and that's important. That's important because that's a sterile environment, and you're only in there hopefully for just a few minutes. Right. The same with a, a surgical surgical ward. Uh, uh, but when you're talking your own house, right. and you're talking, you know, washing your hands, you know, 20, 30 times a day, yep. and you know, constantly putting these uh, abrasive substances on it then you're actually breaking down your own innate offense. I'm not saying never wash your hands. I'm saying, yes, you know, be careful. But but what I'm saying is, is that the authorities that control the media have traumatized people and they're never going to be the same again from this. And it's not just a few. It's a vast swath, you know, swath of our all right. society all over the world right right what are some major causes of stress in uh, modernized society well um you know there's okay so you have you have you know the the emotional you have the emotional and and the cognitive component you know you've got the social component which is part of the emotional and social component you've got you've got the chemical components which you know luckily a lot of pollution has gone down i mean the the air uh, where i'm living in my city hasn't ever been cleaner it's it's actually very nice mm-hmm. uh, and then and then you know you have uh you know, you have your biome, you have like stress, like when you become uh, very stressed and your internal biome gets disrupted, which makes you uh, more, uh, which makes you more susceptible to infections. Um, you know, so uh, again, when we are 
way too stressed. I mean, when, when we have a very high adrenaline uh, and cortisol, as well as just the countless mechanisms in the let's ready, let's be ready to adapt, you know, and run from a bear mode. Um, it, there are widespread consequences. And the only answer that I have is uh, people, you know, to really um, really guard their personal rights. You, mm. you know what I'm saying? I, um, I, you I know, do. To make sure that things don't get uh, overboard uh, with, you know, under the guise of so-called safety. Right. How are you doing with all of this? Oh, I'm 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 doing great. Um, the particular country I'm in, uh, Ecuador, is under very very stringent uh, restrictions. Uh, we have uh, until 2 p.m. every day to get whatever we need done. And, uh, and and so that kind of, you know, that sort of kind of puts a crimp in, you know, your schedule. And uh, we can only, depending on your license plate, uh, you can only drive your car one day a week. So, <laughs> yeah, and the buses are not working and, the you know, very few taxis working. But otherwise, I mean, it's really... You know, it's an opportunity for self-renewal. Ah, I would love you to talk about that. Tell us more. Well, you know, when you realize the world is going to hell in a handbasket, right? Mm. When we really, I mean, Uh, I mean, you you can't pay for anything. You're not earning anything and you don't know your job. Your business is going to be there. Uh, you just, I, I guess it's important to realize that there, you kind of approach it from a stoic, from a stoic, like Epicurious standpoint. And you, you, you just live from moment to moment and you just pay attention to the individual moments. It's almost like Eckhart Tolle. Mm, it's almost like mm, the philosophy mm, of Eckhart Tolle. Right. You, just, you realize you realize moment by moment, you know, things may be like on an experiential level, exper- you know, exper- I cannot say it, on a personal level, mm-hmm. maybe things really aren't that horrifying when you view it through your five senses. You know, maybe, maybe you know, day to day, you know, actually it's been quite nice. You know, it's actually been quite peaceful. If, if you know, you can rise above all the propaganda, you know, all the, the stuff that the ego throws at you, you know, the terror, the fear, fear of the future. If you can kind of get past that and just experience the day, um, there's lots of opportunities for renewal. There really are. Um, it's just, it's, you know, I find that, not listening. I mean, it's, it's, of course you want to be informed, but I find at first I had the news on 24 seven and I'm now I'll go three or four days and not read what's going on in the world and not even listen to the news because I don't think much has changed. And I don't think it's good for my mental health or anyone else's. And, and, and it also is just such a time waster. You know, you're just, you're watching this thing and you're sort of hoping, and then you're talking about it to people and it becomes, you know, th- thoughts become things, you know, and it's like, I don't want, That's right. I don't want any of that. So, you know, it, it may sound airy fairy. It may sound superficial, but 
I don't want it in my life. And instead, um, you know, what I've been trying to do is really take advantage of some of the the, the time and I'm practicing yoga every day and meditating every day and I'm really looking at the connections that I have and which ones make sense and which ones don't make sense you know and um, and I, I think that you know people are a little gun shy to, to talk about it that way because it almost sounds like how can you, st- you know, say such a thing when people are dying and the world is you know going apart but I mean I think the reality is there's a lot of people out there that are really reflecting and saying what am I doing with my life why am I here what's the purpose what is my purpose what can I do to contribute um, what, what can I do to make my life more meaningful um, you know what is a waste of my time what isn't I mean I, you can't, I don't know how you can't be doing that right now what are your thoughts well well, you know, you, you know, again, this could be, as we might say, a come to Jesus moment for a lot of people. I mean, I think this is going to be a defining moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, I th- you know, you're probably going to see a lot of divorces after yep. this. You're probably going to see people completely, you know, maybe they were in a high stress uh, job before. And now that they've been forced out of work five, six yep. weeks. Maybe they realize, you know, after spending time with their family or, you know, just just living kind of more a simple life. Mm-hmm. Maybe they maybe maybe things might change. Maybe maybe there might be a, a, a changing point. But I do believe, though, uh, on the negative end, I think that alcoholism is going to go through the roof. Yeah. Um, you know, for for those um, that, um, you know, uh, again, it's really important to keep good mental clarity. Mary, do you have something going on in the background? I hear something going on in the background. Is that you? No, I I thought I heard it like from your end. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know what it is. But anyway, okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yes, I think you're right. I think that I think the only thing that the only businesses that are making money are um, alcohol, liquor stores. So, um, yeah, I think unfortunately that's, yeah, that's, uh, there'll be more people who will have relapses, I'm sure, who are, have addiction issues. And um, a couple of weeks ago, I had a woman who runs a domestic violence center. And um, of course, that is increasing because initially, when it was just, you know, it was like, it, 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 it just it's a lot worse it's, it's just a lot worse because you know you could at least when yeah. someone who is in a situation with domestic violence they can go to work they can you know call their you know or see their friends or whatever now they they're isolated with that person that is is abusive so yeah that kind of thing is is um is wreaking havoc so what would you recommend to our listeners in terms of protecting your health and and uh, not overloading with all of this well, like you said before, I think it's extremely important um, to, I would say, turn off mainstream media because remember who owns these. I mean, again, this is this is part of the power broker class. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it would be very, because it, I believe that a lot of it is, 
purposely engineered, you know, to cause powerful emotional and cognitive reactions. And this causes a lot of stress for no reason. And, and like I said, like, like you said, and like I say, it's important to be informed, but to, yeah, to have CNN and the like on what, whatever, you know, pick your poison. Mm. I think people really, really need to cut that out. Um, I think, um, you know, possibly, uh, I, I think, you know, you really need to watch, of course, your diet. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, some people like I've made positive changes in my diet, uh, because I'm, you know, forced to cook all the time, which is great, you know, uh-huh, and, uh-huh. and, you know, uh, although other people, um, you know, of course are using food, uh, to, you know, deal with, um, nerves that are out of control. Um, I think, you know, keeping in touch with your friends, family is extremely important. I know it's really been important for me. Uh-huh. Um, but really living moment to moment because, um, if you're traumatized and you're dissociating and, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're kind of blanking out because, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't know what to do. You know, you kind of got that deer in the headlight type of dissociation. You're not going to be able to respond appropriately to the environment. You know, it's good for numbing out, but Mm. you're not going to be able to respond. And it's really important to keep an eye on the environment right now because it's changing so fast. Um, I wish I could, you know, you know, pick whatever pastime. If you if you like walking, I'm a big hiker. I like mm-hmm. walking. That's mm-hmm. what I do. You like yoga. I mean, whatever self soothing activities that are not self destructive. Right. Um, you know, by all means, but keep keep your eye on the ball. Keep you know keep your you know keep your eyes open. If you can start a garden, you know if you're allowed where you live to start a garden uh, or some sort of urban garden, I thoroughly recommend that right now. Uh, and you know, so uh, maybe like in a few months, you can make a few. Uh, you can actually make a harvest and not be so dependent, especially on Walmart. You know, for your produce. Right. So, uh, right. I wish I could offer more. Yeah. But it's really important to maintain the present. Mm. It also gives people an an opportunity to be more creative. You know, when when you have to do right. something, right? You 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 do, and um, you know, I encourage people that during this time, you know, rather than kind of listening to the news all the time and spending all it time on the phone with your friends talking about, oh, when is this going to end and why, you know, just sort of, you know, rehashing it and rehashing it, you know, take this opportunity to say, hey, you know, what have I been really wanting to do? I've been wanting to write a book for a long time. Why not take a creative writing class online? You know, so uh, there's, there are a number of things that people can do uh, that, that can help them to grow as a person. And, you know, hopefully, you know, one day we can look back, and this is a, obviously a hysterical moment, but we can look back and say, you know, during that time, there are some positive things that came out of it. You know, it's right now it's kind of hard to see the forest through the trees, but but um, hopefully that's what we'll be able to see. So anyway, Mary, okay, well, thank you so much for being on Talk with Francesca tonight. It's really been a pleasure, and um, I appreciate all your great information and your opinions on all of this, and I'm sure my listeners do as well. So again, thanks so much for being with us tonight. 
Oh, it was a complete honor and pleasure, and I hope to be here again soon. All right, Mary, you take care. All right, it's time to wrap it up. We've got to uh, say goodbye. I hope you enjoyed the show. It's, it's, it was very, very informative. And uh, we'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Stay safe, stay healthy. I wish you did. Like a September morning, like snow.